For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. All right, everybody, it's our Friday show. We've been talking with uh, John Stone this whole week. John, thanks again for for being here this week and and taking time out. Um, Most likely, hopefully, um, some young youth pastors are listening to this, um, as well as just other youth workers that have been around. What what advice would you give um, to those, you know, in youth ministry and and elsewhere, other areas of ministry, to stay in youth ministry or to stay in ministry for the long haul? What are some things you've done since you've done how long have you been in ministry? Some form of uh, twenty-five years now. Okay, twenty-five years. So, so what are some what's some advice you would give? Um, it's a great question. So, I, I think the advice I would give is I'm gonna I'm gonna give some answers, and I for once I would just say this is like limbs on a tree. You need all of them. It's not a priority. But I think that faithfulness in the long haul for ministry means. You have to learn to jog and not sprint. It's easy to sort of come out of the gate in seminary and you're ready to change the world. I'm not, and I'm not mocking that. You know, you're you're really ready. You've been in seminary forever, and you're the next. You think you're the next yeah. Charles Spurgeon about yeah, to turn or, up, or somebody, or you're the next. Yeah, and you got to learn that fifty-two is a long way off, and you got to get there. So, you know, you know, one of the things I used to say in seminary is if you don't tithe in seminary, you will not tithe when you get a real check. I had a professor. I said, I said that. I should, what I was trying to say, I had a professor always say that. If you don't tithe now, you won't tithe when you get out. And what he was saying is you, there's not a time coming when you can establish healthy patterns. You either establish them now or later. You establish them now or you don't establish them. So here's what I think the healthy patterns look like. Yeah. Number, First of all, you and your wife, assuming most of you are married, but not all of you are, it's very legitimate to be single in ministry. Very legitimate. Um, You know, you and your wife need to be in counseling with somebody not in the church. And a lot of you will hear this. We're in the reform world. People are against counseling. Somehow counseling has become the great evil of our day, and I recognize that sort of modern psychology can be a bit baffling. Here's what I mean. You're one flesh with your wife, and no one group can do something by themselves. And pastors are not safe in their churches, and they're never going to be safe in their churches. Just If you think you have a safe church, that's just because you, you're looking the wrong direction. The truck is about to run over you from behind. <laughs> and that's okay. I, I'm not the whole goal to make the church safe. I get the language. I actually appreciate the language. Church is not going to be safe for you. They're, they're your employee. Um, You're providing a product for them. And if you don't begin with your wife to really seek out people to just share your pain with, you're going to destroy your marriage. And it won't be you. It'll be the youth ministry job and then the assistant pastor job and the head job. I am really discouraged because what I did was deal with couples 25 to 40 for 15 years at how 
alone and isolated people feel in ministry. You've got to get unisolated, and you got to do it today. That might look like you talking to the Catholic priest in town, the charismatic pastor's wife who got a hinky counseling degree from some seminary you don't like, but you need somebody to referee you and your wife. You need somebody that can say to you, you're working too much. When she tells me you're out till 10 every night, she's right. You need, and you will not get that. You may get some people in church saying that, but you'll get other people going, we like how hard you're working. You have got to find a place to process life, and you will not find it in your local church. Now, people are going to blow me up right now on this. You're going to get emails and texts, and I'm like, no, the church, da, da, da. No one believes in the church more than Johnstone. I gave my 25 years of ministry to RUF, right? I love the local church. I've planted two churches. I go to church. I love my church. It's not a safe place for ministers and never will be. Probably shouldn't be, right? I think uh, that's something you know, Paul Tripp kind of pointed out in his book, Dangerous yeah. Falling. Yeah. You know, just kind of so you him. better find somewhere to do that. Number two, you better learn to go on vacation. I am stunned. I'm blown away by the fact that people don't want to go on vacation. I know you're underpaid. I know you don't have any money, but you can go to the Holiday Inn at the worst beach and just sit on the beach with your children and play in the kids' pool for 10 days in the summer with your phone off. This sort of RYM is our vacation is crazy. It's destructive to your marriage and your children. You need to learn to vacation. Uh, and you know, Paul Coyster said, uh, to me when we were jogging I was in the because John if you don't learn to take two weeks off at a time you won't make it in ministry Paul Coyster really believes so two weeks back to back. back to back you need to he says you need to miss three Sundays now I know your sessions just rolled over in their graves out there <laughs> but and I get it it's, that's about planning and forethought what's the downtime let's don't miss the crucial time but you having three Sundays off two weeks off probably one at home where you're not doing anything with church, playing tennis with your wife, having breakfast with your wife, getting that home project done and then going somewhere. You don't relax till the fourth day of vacation as a man. You have got to get away from your work. I think getting a hobby is crucial. People make fun of me in golf. Let me tell you why I play golf. It's a well, is it golf or gardening. Which one comes Well, it's both. But okay. Well, I'll tell you, golf and gardening are both. The gardening flows out of, I moved next door to a master gardener, and my yard looks so pitiful. <laughs> and, I, and I finally said, man, you're killing me. You're making me look terrible. And he's like, look, just grow a bunch of, like, annual, these one-year flowers that bloom, and it'll deflect off of me. He's right. So, like, my gardening is gardening, but it's a very particular kind. Okay. It's just made of, like, October and right now they're home and they're just crushing it those flowers I'm so happy but golf for me was a chance to exercise it's a six mile walk chance to meet two non-ministers who I played golf with and it's a chance to just do something that didn't involve people I'm an extrovert but at the end of a week I'm an introvert and it was just that ball in me and there's a score at the end I could get better um, whether that's tennis or racquetball or CrossFit or F3 or the you're a runner, you join the local running club. You got to. You got no business working six, seven days a week um, when you have children and a wife. 
I think further than that, especially in the PCA and in the reformed conservative world that I love and am a part of, learning to liberate your wife from family duties is crucial for the long haul. So what that looked like for me, and you got to figure this out for yourself. This is not something you all need to do. But I made sure that my wife had the cleaning services she wanted. She also wanted bathrooms and dusting. Every two weeks, we had a crew come in and clean the bathrooms and dust. And I stayed home one morning a week, and she had to leave the house, you know, and go. And um, she would, she couldn't, she, it had to be fun stuff. She couldn't grocery shop. I mean, she could go shopping for clothes, but I wanted her to have one morning off. Um, That's good. You've got to get your wife. This idea that a wife is happy, even if her whole goal in life has been staying with kids, the time, by the time your reformed self puts your fifth kid in the home and she's home all day and got poo-poo under her nose and fingers, this is not a happy person, right? <laughs> Getting her out having dinner with friends, um, that's part of your job in life. And I think finding some friends, you and your wife, like retreat with you. I know a lot of guys have a group they get together with and maybe they do monthly phone calls with. I think finding friends and ministry to talk about. Nobody understands you and your wife in your town. So having friends in ministry, you retrieve. That's why people like RYM or like RUF. They're like, you have the same problem I have. You understand me, Absolutely. right? Um, you know, these are the things for the long haul. And I would say, if you're listening to me in my sort of badgering loud tone here, I'd go back to my first thing. You do those things so you will slow down. A vacation actually says you like the Sabbath. Don't do it all this year. Hmm. Golf is like, you've done enough this week. There's a point where Abraham's pleading with God and it, uh, for uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, and it says he just turned and went home before the plea was over. There's a time to just turn and go home. Um, so, you know, those are the things. I, I think that the more normal you become as a minister, not less holy, but the more normal you become, the longer you're going to last. Um, learning to be a part of your community, learning to be a part of Little League Baseball, learning to have a hobby, learning to go to the beach for two weeks or the mountains or camping. You've got to do that to be normal. Mm. Um, and, and I will say this, and I, I don't mind the flack on this because I'll back it up. I don't think anybody can preach 48 times a year twice a week for 20 years anymore. And again, I can feel the emails flowing. <laughs> we'll be sure to put your email address. Yeah, please do. <laughs> but you you just see that there's a sort of performance in ministry that is important and it's just hard. Mm -hmm. And finding ways to refresh yourself and be normal and alleviate some of that pressure is a big deal. Yeah. John, was a lot of a lot of helpful stuff. So hopefully, not only just today, but this week, um, so people hear that, and especially this at the end, implementing some of this to add some longevity to their ministry. So, thanks again for taking all the time to talk with me this week. Thanks for having me. Hope we can do it again. Thanks so much for tuning in this week to the local youth worker. As always, we hope you've been encouraged and equipped in your call as youth workers. If you take time to rate this podcast on iTunes, it would greatly help us. As always, we want to thank Joe Deegan for providing the music and encourage you to go out and purchase his newest CD, Cover and Title Page, which you can find at iTunes. 
see you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Come and buy without money. Oh, come and feast without